morning, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to those who are joining us online. I know it's Christmas Eve, but Christmas has started. It's, it's already Christmas in New Zealand, and it's working its way across the face of the earth. It's kind of neat. So some people will be, kids will be getting out of bed soon in New Zealand. If they're anything like me, they can't sleep. And they're just, oh, yes. All right, today is the last day of our Advent. So I did not get any candle lighters. How poor is Pastor Mike? Some right over there. Okay, who would like to be a candle lighter? I got one. Come on up. Two. Candle lighters. Three. I can use one more. Four. There you go. I need you to come up here. And we have a scripture reader. I'm a little bit disorganized, which is funny, as you will hear in a moment. So, come on up, kids. You get to be on the stage. Is that awesome? Uh-oh, there we go. God has a sense of humor, as you will see. All right, we have four candles to light. You come on around here. The first candle that we're going to light is the hope candle. So you can light any candle except the middle one and the pink one. You want to light this one? There you go. Good girl. Jesus is our hope. The second candle we light is the peace candle because the hope that we have in Jesus brings peace in our lives. Thank you. Now we're going to go around the other side. Anybody remember what the third candle was? The pink candle. Love. Yes. We have hope. We have peace. And we have love. And thank you. And do you have a microphone? Ah. We're going to have our, our, sorry, I got that wrong. Hope, peace, joy. Today is love. Sophia is going to read our love verses. John 3.16 For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And the next one? 1 John 4.10. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Well done. Thank you. Give them all a hand. Did you light one? Yep. Thank you, Sophia. All four candles are lit. They get lit again this evening at our our, um, Christmas Eve candlelight service. We are going to light the center candle this morning, a little bit later on in the service. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this season. We thank you for this time that we can come into this place to quietly and reverently Celebrate the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for the hope. We thank you for the peace and the joy and the love that Jesus Christ brings to us. 
And this morning as we gather to celebrate, Father, wherever we may be, whether we're online, whether we're here, may your Holy Spirit just infuse us with a sense of awe and worship. For you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and you are worthy of awe and worship. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for this season. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've been on a a journey to Bethlehem and beyond, and we finally made it to Bethlehem. Next week, we look beyond, but we are here today, the eve of the birth of the Messiah. And if you came to our our living nativity, I do a, a, a vocal out there, and this is part of the vocal. It, it's amazing to me. This event is the focal point of all human history. Let me explain. We don't know exactly when Jesus was born. We have a rough idea. But our calendar is built around when we think Jesus was born. So all events on the calendar are all centered around the birth of Jesus Christ. So when you think of your birthday, the year of your birthday, that number is that number because that's it in reference to when Jesus was born. Every significant event in your life is referenced to Jesus' birth. And, and it's, it's actually incredible because if you go beyond Jesus' birth, you go back to what we used to call B.C., they had to redate everything relative to Jesus' birth. It wasn't 50 B.C. before. It was some other number. And every nation had their own system of doing it. But now we reference it to the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is the focal point of human history. It's absolutely incredible. This morning, I have a simple agenda for you. We are going to do what everybody else did when they encountered the baby Jesus. We're going to stop, adore, and worship the newborn king. And that's going to continue through the day into our five o'clock candlelight service. And that thought pattern, that heart will carry on into our five o'clock candlelight service. It is a day of adoration and worship of our Lord. You know, I mentioned this last week and all the, all the hullabaloo that Christmas has become. Anybody go to a company party? Anybody enjoy them? (laughs) But you have to go, you enjoy yours. That's good. But you have to go, right? It's just what you do. And it's okay if you're part of the company, but your poor spouse or that comes along that doesn't know everybody is kind of like, why am I here? But you've got to fit it in and you can't not. And then there's the gift buying and all the decorating, which is all good stuff, but it gets stressful, right? And then the managing of Christmas dinner and all the friends and relatives and managing people's emotions and feelings. Doesn't that become part of Christmas? You know, did we got a Christmas card from so-and-so. Did, did we send them a Christmas card? You know, I only spent X amount on little Jimmy and, and I spent this amount on Sammy. Is, is that okay? Is that fair? Anybody struggle with that kind of stuff? And where's, who's going to be where on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day? 
You know, well, we were this family last year. We've got to be with this family this year. And what about Aunt Gertrude? Aunt Gertrude, seriously, is Aunt Gertrude got to come? She farts. Oh, am I allowed to say that? <laughs> we heard her two years in a row now. Isn't it your sister's turn to have Aunt Gertrude? I mean, and that doesn't she have a boyfriend now? Do we, int- do we invite him? I mean, it gets a little chaotic. It gets very distracting and it gets very stressful. And I don't know, I know in our house, the day after Christmas, you're ready to tear all the decorations down. Anybody with me on this one? There's a few of you. It's like, yeah, let's get it down because you're done. It's like, oh, thank God that is over. The celebration of the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, today, we're going to stop. At least in this moment, we're going to stop. Like I said, I've got no notes. I have no slides for you. I'm going to read the scriptures that we have. So they don't have to do anything back there. They don't have to do anything out in the streaming room. It's important to stop. And just take a moment to reflect on why we're doing what we're doing. So that we can come quietly to worship the newborn king. So this week I I had a really neat experience. Came in here. And this is kind of what got me to this. I came in here and I had all the prayer requests from last week and there were a lot. Thank you for all your prayer requests. When you you fill out a prayer request, it's your, you're telling God, I trust you. I believe you hear these prayers. I want people to call upon your name. And I came in here and I lit all of this. And for every person on the list and other people that I had, I prayed for hope and peace and love and joy and everything and, and, that, and what they wanted. And I spent a, quite a bit of time and it was dark except for these lights. These lights were on. And I took my time just to get quiet before the Lord. For the longest time, this is just a weird thing, okay? I know this is me. I knelt there with my head down and I didn't say anything. And then I started getting in my head, what if when I open my eyes, Jesus is there? How scary is that going to (laughs) be? So I was here for about half an hour, just there quietly with my eyes closed, afraid to open my eyes. I said, if Jesus is there, it's going to be the most scariest thing that's ever happened to me to be in his presence. And, you know, eventually I opened my eyes and... This is the weirdest thing. Thank you for not being here. But, but he is here. And I used this little snuffer thing, I guess. And I put out the candles. And the smoke from the candles slowly rose up in the air. And the light from the trees was kind of shining through the smoke. And it just slowly lifted up, and then it just started to spread out. And I know it's just the smoke from the candles, but it it just, it was like, my presence is here. I was like, wow, thank you, God. I went away, got my camera, (laughs) came back in to try and take a picture of it, did it all again, it didn't come out. But it was just so nice to stop. 
and spend a prolonged time simply praying and worshiping the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. And as I was praying, you know, it's hard to get your head around this. God Almighty, the Lord God, the Creator, the one who spoke the heavens into existence, the one who we cry out to when we're in our greatest moment of need, the one who we cry out to in our greatest moment of joy, is a baby in a manger. It's like, how does that happen? He became not just human, he became a baby. It's absolutely incredible. Now, does that mean God wasn't up there for a moment? No, God doesn't live in time as we know it. But for a moment, he stepped out of eternity and came into our moment, our time as a baby. It just, you know, just wow. I mean, there's there's little else more dependent than a human baby, right? Can't even hold its head up after birth. You've got to support the head of the baby because it just flops around. I mean, most animals, when they're born, they have some level of ability to, like a deer. Right after it's born, pops up, it can walk, it can run. Human baby can't do anything. It's just absolutely dependent. This idea that God is here with us, absolutely dependent upon his mother for life. Isn't that strange? Is is it just me or is it kind of, never thought about it that way maybe? What would you do? You come to Bethlehem. Like the shepherds. And you search out Mary and Joseph. And there's the baby. What would you do? Just think about this for a minute. If it was you, and you walked into whatever it was, a stable or whatever it may be, and there's Mary sitting there with this newborn baby who is God, what would you do? What would you say? Like, I don't know. The first ones to visit the newborn baby were the shepherds. Let me read that account in Luke chapter 2. We looked at the, the Magi last week. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, 
and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. That's such a wonderful word, isn't it? You, Mary's there with this newborn baby. Just like us. I doubt that she can get her head around what's going on here. She's, you know, the angel has appeared to her earlier, appeared to Elizabeth, appeared to Joseph. She's had lots of affirmation of who this baby is. She's a virgin. That's a clue. And now here she is with the baby. And these shepherds show up out of the blue and they come to worship the baby. And, and there's maybe she's questioning like, did, did, did we get this right, Joseph? This this, this can't really be God, can it? And these shepherds walk in. Say, Are you Mary? Yeah. Is this Jesus? Is this the Messiah? And all of a sudden for her, it's like, wow. Oh my goodness. This is really happening. And she's thinking about these things. She's pondering them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So the shepherds respond. After seeing the newborn baby, they glorified and praised him. How do you glorify someone? It's an interesting word, isn't it? How do you glorify him? When the angel appeared to the to the Shepherds, it says the glory of the Lord shone around them. And we talk about, I don't know, in England we do, a glorious day, a glorious sunset, a glorious sunrise. I don't know if, do you say that? You come out sometimes, wow, what a glorious day. Magnificence is the word that comes to mind for me. To bring glory to someone, it's grand, it's big. It is beyond ordinary to glorify God. Think about the last time you glorified God. How did you do it? Was it with words? Was it with actions? Combination of both? Maybe an attitude of the heart? Some other way? And, and I know when I say that, think about the last time that you glorified God. There'll, there'll be some people that are sitting here right now thinking, man, I don't think I've ever glorified God. But you probably have and probably do. Every time you act in obedience to God, you bring glory to his name. When someone gets baptized, we had a number of baptisms this year. When you get baptized, you bring glory to the name of God. When you deliver a Thanksgiving meal to someone, 
or, or serve in any manner whatsoever. Because of your Christian faith, because of your relationship with Jesus and with God, you bring glory to God. Anytime you do something that causes someone else to thank God, you bring glory to God. And if you haven't had an opportunity this Christmas to bring glory to God, you still have time. Think about it. How can I bring glory to God in the next few days? What can I do that would make someone feel better about God in the next few days? Think about it and then do it. Praise. It says they glorified and they praised him. Praise is an interesting word. You know, when we think of praise... In a church or a religious setting, what do we normally think of? Singing songs, right? We sing songs. We call them praise songs. But outside of this environment, outside of the church environment, praise doesn't normally go with songs. If I'm praising someone, typically I'm not singing it. (laughs) Because that would scare them. (laughs) Praise comes in the form of words. First Chronicles 29, a long time before Bethlehem. It has one of the most wonderful, best prayers of praise in all the Bible. Let me just set the scene for you. David is the king. David, who is the forefather of Jesus. It's weird. Both, it's believed that both Mary's line and Joseph's line can be traced back to David. And God had promised David that he would be the forefather of the Messiah, which is weird. So David's old. It's right near the end of his, his reign. His son Solomon is about to be named the new king. And one of David's goals before he died was to do something great for the Lord. Have you ever planned to do something great for the Lord? Anyone ever planned to do something great for the Lord? Some, sometimes there's something that can slip past us. You know, don't let it slip past you. As you ponder the newborn king this morning, think about something that you could do that is great for the Lord. Now, I'll tell you what holds people back from doing something great for the Lord. They don't think they have the ability Thank you. (laughs) For you online, God has just spoken through Randy's phone. What did it say? I can provide help for you? (laughs) That's exactly what I was about to say. (laughs) That is so funny. But people don't think about doing something great for the Lord because they look at themselves in the mirror. They see themselves. They see their abilities. They see their gifts. They see their limitations. But if you set yourself up, you know, God, I want to do something for you. God's looking for that person. He's going to say, okay, I'll use you. I could do something great through you. Not so that you get the glory, but that I get the glory. Anyway, I'm on a rabbit hole here. So David wanted to build a temple. But the Lord came to him and said, your life has been filled with violence, David. 
This is a picture of your life. And because your life has been filled with violence, you're not going to build a temple for me. Your son will build a temple for me. It upset David a little bit. But he begins the process, the preparations for the building of the temple. And he casts the vision to all of the Israelites. He gathers the people. And they've been walking around with a tabernacle, a mobile worship center. And now they've got Jerusalem. They've got this place that has become their place, the capital of Israel. And they want to build a temple, a dwelling place for the Lord. A dwelling for God himself. And David invites the tribes of Israel to come and give toward the building of this temple, of this place, our place. Our God is going to come and be in this place. We could come and worship him here and people catch the vision. You know, when the Lord moves people to give, they give. And there is an incredible outpouring of generosity. Tons of gold, tons of silver, tons of stone and rock for the, for the temple. And they dress it and everything. And after they collect all the giving, David calls the people together and he prays this prayer of praise to the Lord. It is an absolutely wonderful prayer of praise. I'm going to read the whole prayer for you. I want you to just think about the words. It's First Chronicles 29, verses 10 through 20. It says, Then David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. Come, everybody. Come, everybody. We are going to praise the Lord. O Lord, the God of our ancestor Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours, O Lord. And this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor. Come from you alone. For you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand. And at your discretion, people are made great and given strength. Oh, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. And I love this. But who am I? And who are my people? That we could give anything to you. This is an acknowledgement that God has everything, owns everything. It's all in his hands. Whatever we bring to you, God. (laughs) Everything we have has come from you. And we give you only what you first gave us. We are here only for a moment. Visitors and strangers in the land of our ancestors. As our ancestors were before us. Our days on earth are like passing shadows, gone so soon without a trace. O Lord, our God, even this material we have gathered to build the temple to honor your holy name 
comes from you. The re-gifting. It all belongs to you. I know, my God, that you examine our hearts and rejoice when you find integrity there. So David's getting at the heart of it here. This temple is grand as it is. All this gold, all this stone, it's all yours anyway, God. There's no new news here. You gave it to us. We bring it back to you. But what is it that, that warms your heart is when you look at our hearts. When I see one that has integrity and love and faith, wow. I know, my God, that you examine our hearts and rejoice when you find integrity there. You know I've done all this with good motives. And I've watched your people offer their gifts willingly and joyously. O Lord, the God of our ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, make your people always want to obey you. See to it that their love for you never changes. Again, an acknowledgement from David that all everything starts with the Lord and ends with the Lord. Give my son Solomon the wholehearted desire to obey all your commands, laws, and decrees and do everything necessary to build this temple for which I have made these preparations. Then David said to the whole assembly, Give praise to the Lord your God. And the entire assembly praised the Lord, the God of their ancestors, and they bowed low and knelt before the Lord and the King. We're going to light the last candle. I need a candle lighter. One candle lighter. You get to light the Christ candle. Candle right in the middle. There it goes. Well done. Thank you. Matthew 4, 15 and 16 says, In the land of Zebulun and of Naphtali, beside the sea, beyond the Jordan River, in Galilee, where so many Gentiles live, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who lived in the land where death casts its shadow, a light has shined. We're going to share communion this morning. We're going to do it a little bit differently. Can I have those come forward, please, that are going to serve communion? Now, the bread is over there, and the juice is over there. We're going to do it differently, okay? So I need you to pay attention to me for a moment. <laughs> Just a follower. <laughs> I'm going to invite you to come forward and take communion. So everybody is going to come this way around. You're going to take the bread... You are not going to take the bread back to your seat. 
Kevin is going to offer you the bread. He will say, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ broken for you. Take and eat. And you take and eat it right there. Then you're going to walk past me to Nancy who has the juice. But what I want you to do today, I want you to catch an essence of of the peace and the quiet that I caught during prayer. And as you go past this, this is just human stuff, okay? But it's a representation of something that is holy. And it's almost, I was thinking about this, this wreath is kind of like the manger. Christ is in the middle of the manger. And as you come by, if you want to stop between the bread and the juice and stop there for a second and just give thanks to the Lord, if you're comfortable with that, Or maybe just ponder for a second, how is your life different? How is your life better because of Jesus? And thank him for it. You don't have to come by here and do anything. Get the bread. Take the bread. Eat the bread. Come by. Sit if you want. Give your thanks. Take your moment of quietness. Go by and take the juice and go back to your seat. Does that make sense? So we're going to go this way around. So as you are ready, and the band is going to play a wonderful worship song that celebrates an offering to Jesus. So please come forward.
That's all. Can I get those come forward, please, Mo? I'm going to take up the offering. And Sophia is going to play a Christmas offering for us. Just let that soak in for a minute. You know, people say, how much did Jesus love you? That's how much he loved us. Let's thank him for that as we give back to him a small portion that he's given to us. We can never repay that debt, but praise God, we can claim it. Let's pray. Jesus, you are so good. Thank you. If only one person had been born after you, you came here for them. Just as you came for all the Jews and then the Gentiles. Thank you for letting us in, Lord, and giving us that grace. All we have to do is accept it. We just pray that you would bless this offering as a small, token of what we can give back of the love you've gave for us in jesus name amen as they pass the basket please put in your prayer request your visitor card and you can use the little envelope if you'd like for the offering those online please say hello to us online so we know you were there and you can give any number of ways whatever you feel blessed to do. Uh, Now, as we go through and they're passing the hats, I do have a couple of announcements before she plays. Tonight is a special service. I hope you like today's service. I feel really blessed from it. Please come at 5. It's really short. It's really just songs. And come and... Just keep this feeling going of love and hope and peace and joy. But you know what? We're going to come tonight and we're going to sing to our Savior that's about to be born. Here it is, 2023. And I always used to love it when people would say, in the year of our Lord, 2023. We're fixing to be into 2024. What a better way to start bringing in the new year as to giving praise to our Savior. Okay, I'm going to let Sophia play, and once she's done, I'm going to close us in prayer.
That was wonderful. Can I get everyone to stand, please? Wow. Y'all have a great day. Please come back at 5. We love you and we're glad you're here. Let's pray. Lord, as we go, I pray that you'd bless every family, every person here, every person out in Internet land. Lord, just help us to have a joyous day and help us to share that with someone else with a smile. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? You're dismissed.